on today's episode we're without thomas once again he actually has coronavirus but we get into the nets crushing every good team pretty much on their road trip we talked with the nets for a while and we get into the T-Wolves and why are they so bad. They fired their coach recently and we look, we look at their recent draft history to show us why they're such a bad franchise. And of course, I host NCR all next. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know that the Bonafide Scrubs podcast is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Okay, so Noah and I live on the East Coast and that can make it harder for us to watch some of our favorite out-of-market teams. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. He's a Seattle Seahawks fan. Now we can watch any team, regardless of market, with no restrictions, thanks to ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that encrypts your data and allows you to change location, tricking sites into thinking you're located somewhere else. You can use ExpressVPN to stream all sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, you name it. ExpressVPN works on all devices from smartphones, tablets, computers, and even smart TVs. It's incredibly easy to use. Just fire up the app, choose a location, and hit connect. To save money and watch all the games you want, just visit expressvpn.com slash scrubs to get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrubs to get three months free. Thanks again to ExpressVPN for sponsoring the show. You know what time it is. Yeah, you know what time it is. This man was a bona fide scrub. Welcome back to the Bonafide Scrubs, where the takes are tremendous and the snow doesn't stop falling, Noah. Four inches outside here in northern New Jersey, and I have to go out and shovel after the show, probably, or use my snowblower, <laughs> if you count that as shoveling, because we finally got a snowblower. Yeah, I don't know why you're complaining. I mean, that's easy to, to use that it and, is. and not have to worry about shoveling. Yeah, it's definitely better than shoveling, but... uh. I still got to go out there in the cold and and spend some time out there. Yeah, it seems like every time we record, uh, it ends up snowing. It just hasn't stopped over this last week. So another show and more snow. How about that rhyme? (laughs) All right, well, it's just us two again. Uh, Producer Thomas is not here. Once again, he officially did test positive for (laughs) COVID-19. So he is quarantined on the campus of Fordham University uh well yeah i'm sure when he comes back we'll have a whole update and a big story from his experiences with corona but for right now it's just no and i running back the show like we used to so it'll be ncr again Noah filling in for thomas later so uh we just we have to patiently wait for for his return i look forward to having our producer back on the show uh, as soon as possible He's two for four. He's only been here two at the the four shows we've done, so uh, not not a great producer to start his career. But we'll give him the slack. It's coronavirus. He he's the first one that we know that's actually been in quarantine, like locked in a room for like a week. He, he'll get out. <laughs> he'll he'll get out of quarantine. Uh, I think the twenty eighth. He said, so that's in six days after we're recording this. So he will miss Friday's show. That means. Or will he? We'll find out if he'll be here for Friday. Yeah, we will find out. Uh, but that's not going to stop us from getting to the news. There's some things going on around the NBA and the MLB. And, of course, NCR to wrap up the show. So we'll start off here with the NBA's, the Brooklyn Nets. They cap off a West Coast road trip going 5-0. and They did not lose despite Kevin Durant missing most of those games. And they capped it off with a two-game win streak 
against the Lakers and the Clippers. So they sweep the LA teams on the road in back-to-back games, which is definitely impressive. And Noah, it just frustrates me having to watch this team be successful. I mean, I'll, I'll just be completely honest as a Knicks fan, just the fact that the Nets franchise is doing well as a whole, not to mention the players that they have playing for them, like Kyrie Irving and James Harden. I just, I, I really can't stand it. And it bothers me a lot. And the fact that they've been able to figure things out uh, at the beginning of the season here with these team, with putting together their team with the three stars, it actually is kind of annoying. And I didn't expect it to be able to happen just so soon. And I think it also speaks to their success as a big three, because I don't think we've ever, ever really seen a team that's so star heavy come together in their first year and actually have success. And if they do end up winning the championship, which they just swept they, the, the other Western Conference contenders in two games, I mean, those two teams, you'd have to think of the teams that they could be facing in the NBA Finals. If they end up winning the championship, they're going to be the first big three and first super team really formulated in this way to be successful in their first year. And that's, I mean, that's really amazing, especially the egos that you have on this team. I think it probably speaks to Kevin Durant's ability to come into a system and sort of just be efficient no matter what. I mean, he went to Golden State and helped them win championships and fell right in line. And this team as well, it seems like it's the same formula. But even without Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, they have been fantastic as well. And just the different combinations they've had on the court. Sometimes it's been just Durant. Sometimes it's been just Harden. Sometimes it's been Kyrie and Durant. It's been so bizarre. The fact that the at least one of them probably has missed a lot of their games that they played together, but they just continue to find success. And now they're on a five-game win streak, or actually six-game win streak. Yeah, they haven't. They've won all these games without Kevin Durant, which is very impressive. As you mentioned, the two LA teams. Kyrie and Harden, they both went off both those games. That I, I was shocked they beat the Clippers, and it does sting that this team is a good super team. But uh, I think this is the third super team we've seen. We for, you forgot about you forgot to mention the Derrick Rose led Knicks super team from years ago with Porzingis and Mello. That was a super yeah, team. See, they didn't have success in their first year either. So it just <laughs> continues to prove that teams don't have success in their first year. But Derrick Rose Knicks are better this year than that Derrick Rose led Knicks, but then again, completely different teams. Warriors, yeah, that was a super team with KD, Steph, Draymond, Clay. I would say that team is better than this, but I mean, this team's very impressive. I don't, they could just score well with just Harden and Kyrie. They're clicking on all cylinders. Their defense, we made fun of it weeks ago because they gave a 147 to Garland and Sexton, but it's gotten a lot better recently. Then, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter if you can just outscore your opponents. And I don't see, as of right now, Will, I don't see any team in the East beating this uh, Nets team in a series best four out of seven games. Yeah, it is really, it's hard to imagine at this point. I mean, they're 20 and 12. They just beat the Clippers 112 to 108 without Kevin Durant. Uh, and they beat yeah, the Lakers in the previous insane. game without Kevin Durant. The Lakers didn't have AD. But yeah, the, I mean, these they, they just knocked off probably two of the best teams in the NBA. And they were able to do it without their probably their most talented players. So when you look into the Eastern Conference, what teams are going to have to face? I mean, they're going to have to face Philadelphia at some point. They're going to have to face Boston, uh, Milwaukee. The one thing that I would say that this team will have trouble with, that those teams possess, is really strong interior presence. And the Clippers really don't have that. And the Lakers, they played against them without Davis. So 
we don't really know how the Nets will be able to defend players like Davis or Embiid or Giannis once it comes time to play in the postseason. Uh, so that's something they're going to have to figure out, uh, I think, and it's not going to be easy to beat a team like the Sixers in seven games when you're dealing with one of the more talented centers in the NBA, somebody that's just so imposing and giant in the paint. I mean, who's going to – DeAndre Jordan's not going to defend that, and uh, they're just basically going to have to hope to outscore these teams, I think. That's sort of been their recipe uh, throughout the season with this team forming together. But, I mean, it is difficult to imagine this team losing with this star power, going up against teams that have built through the draft like Boston and, and Philadelphia. I don't know how that could compete really with with the teams with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden. It, it does seem pretty hard to believe. Yeah, and I think it was really smart for Kyrie to give the point guard duties to Harden because Harden's a way better passer and playmaker as we've seen him running point guard. They're pretty much unstoppable with him running point guard. He averages like 11 assists per game, which is I believe it's tying his career high, which he said in 2017 with the Rockets. He's able to score a lot. And, and Kyrie, I mean, he was never really a point guard for Cleveland, if you remember. Well, he was he played off the ball to LeBron because LeBron kind of brought it up a lot. And Kyrie would just get the ball, some possessions, ISO and score, and, and kind of do, do his thing. And he's doing that. Again, with Harden, he feels very comfortable in his role. And I'm and KD, he, he's a willingly passer. He'll pass. Harden can definitely find KD and Kyrie a lot. And I don't, yeah, defense might not matter for this team if they could just score 130 every night because it's an all-star team. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, whether you like it or not, those are three top 15 players. And that's probably the only team that has three top 15 players and maybe two in the top five or six in Harden and Durant. And that one game against the Suns, I can't believe they won that game. They were down like 20 the whole night. The Suns are a very good team. They're the fourth seed right now. Harden brought them back. He had some clutch defensive plays and scores. He had 38 and 11 assists. So it's just they're resilient. I, whenever they're down, they're, you can never count them out clearly because they have the firepower to get them back in any game. Yeah, and last game against the Clippers, they only played eight players. Luau Cabrera only played six minutes. So really... Just going with Steve Nash going with a seven-man rotation here with Durant uh, not even there. So this team, I mean, it is shallow, but you you brought it up. They just rely so heavily on their stars. And Harden and Kyrie both played over 40 minutes in this game to get them out of it. And, and I mean, their starters, they basically all play 35 minutes. Uh, Durant can come in and give you 40 when he comes back. So they really are not that deep of a team, but just their reliance on their stars and the the top of their team is so strong that it really, I guess it doesn't matter, the fact that they basically have no bench. I'm just thinking about the super teams and, and the big threes of old to compare it to. And, I mean, it really would just be amazing if this team in their first year were able to win the championship because not even LeBron James with the Heat was able to do that in his first year. We think about LeBron, just how uh, he has the ability to come into a franchise and change the culture and just get everybody to buy in. And I get this, this was younger LeBron, you know, 2011, 12. Uh, it wasn't necessarily the LeBron we know today, but he was still probably the best player in the NBA at that point. And they weren't even able to have success with with uh, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. So really this big three, I guess, is more talented. It's just a question of, are they going to be all, all able to buy in and play together and put it together in just year one? And right now it looks like they're they're doing it, but I guess the playoffs are sort of a different breed. We'll find out what happens uh, once we get there. Yeah, this is still the regular season. And the Nets, I mean, they could score a lot. 
the defense is still the question, but also playoff defense gets a lot tougher. I know they could probably, they, I mean, they have the three of the best toughest shot makers in the NBA, but if they got to tighten up their D in a playoff series against Milwaukee or Philly and the Nets are just a really interesting team because they, I mean, this big three compared to the heat, LeBron was a lead level defender. Wade was an elite defender that first year. And Bosch, I mean, he was a solid defender. I, and we and Katie and Kyrie and Harden don't play much defense. That's why it's so amazing if they're able to win the championship in their first year. But I mean, I would say that that big three. Do you think the Nets could win two championships and replicate what the Heat did? Because they only won two in a row. They lost in 2014, and they lost 2011. They went two and two. And this big three is going to be together for at least two seasons with the contracts. And Harden, I think, is what two or three years left on his deal. This a team. This team is gonna have the same roster for the next two years essentially, and they don't even have Dinwiddie, uh, their special guy off the bench, and he'll be back next season. So, would not shock me at all if they won this year and maybe next year. But they're getting up there in age. Yeah, the first year is supposed to be the hardest year for for a team like this to come together and win, and that's why if they're able to do it, it it's so amazing. And yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to be able to win multiple if they get it done this first year because. The first year is the hardest. I think some people have tried to make the argument that they'll be able to do it in the first year, but then afterwards the egos will kick in and they won't really be all on the same path and all in the same mindset uh, as their careers go on because they're just all buying in for the championship right away. And after that, they just won't care as much because they already got the job done, which I don't really see making sense. I mean, if they're able, I mean, Kyrie Irving's playing 40 minutes. He scored 28 points yesterday. You know, if you're there, they're just doing that and they're happy doing that. I don't really see what's going to change over the course of multiple seasons. So I think if they're already buying in and already playing well together right away, I don't see how that could get any worse as they get more experience playing with each other. Yeah, this this big three might be better than Miami and Miami, they had the sacrifice. I mean, Bosch had to take less shots he was, an, he was an all-star in Toronto, and he had the sacrifice. Wade had the sacrifice a little bit. But yeah, Harden, KD, those are two MVP candidates. Wade never won MVP in his career. Bosh never won. So it's pretty much LeBron. And Kyrie, I mean, he's probably better than Chris Bosh's. I mean, this guy's averaging 28 points on ridiculous shooting this season. So they are a big, better big three. The Heat role players always came in clutch, though. I mean, the Nets, the, the role players are going to have to make some big shots potentially. In the finals, like Miller the Killer uh, on the Heat, they had a Ray Allen. They had some good veterans. And Jeff Green could supply that for the Nets potentially. I know DeAndre is a solid veteran center. But uh, when one of the guys not making shots, maybe the role players are going to have to step up a little bit more and uh, pick, up the, pick up the slack. Because it's hard to play every guy 45 minutes a game. Yeah, it is funny. The role players for this Nets team are not like as notorious as the Heat players. Like I remember everybody just thought about like Shane Battier and, and Mario Chalmers and they were like overrated by the heat hype beast fans, but also Norris Cole, your boy. Yeah. I mean, they hit big shots. I mean, Shane, um, Shane Battier and Mike Miller. I mean, they had, they had games in the finals that like you remember today. And I, I don't know. I mean, the Nets, those players are going to have to end up stepping into that role. Maybe Luau Cabarro is going to be uh, one of those, one of those, um, Shane Battier type players for them in the playoffs, but it is just funny the makeup of these teams, how they compare. And I feel like the Heat, for some reason, they were a lot more villainous, I think, in the NBA than the Nets are now. I mean, we dislike them because we're Nick fans and 
it's kind of our job to be <laughs> angry towards the Nets. And I think a lot of people probably don't like Kyrie just from his actions in the past. And people don't like Durant because he joined the Warriors and stuff. But I don't know. I feel like a lot more people are accepting of this Nets team more than they were accepting of the Heat back in like 2012. Because LeBron joined, he left Cleveland to join the Heat and form a super team. It was it was the impact of the decision. We still talk about that. I think it was yeah, that impact. True. And Kevin Durant, he, Katie and Kyrie sat last season. Nobody really cared about what the Nets were doing. Now they're back. And I think everyone's kind of refreshed seeing Kevin Durant on a new team. I know I am. I don't want to see him. Although I rooted for the Warriors in those finals, I'm sure I, I know you did because you're a big Steph fan. But the Warriors, I mean, Kevin Durant, he's on his own team. It's not, it's not a complete uh, overkill. It could be though if they win two titles in a row or something. But I wonder what a championship would do to all three of these players' legacy. We saw Kyrie win one. Kevin Durant never won on his own. Really, he never won as the best guy. Well, he did win with the Warriors as the best guy. Like he, but he also had Steph, another Hall of Famer and other great players, and could he lead this team to the championship? I wonder what they do for in Harden. Harden has never won. He's known as a playoff choker. If he plays well, I wonder how the pages are going to turn for what people think of James Harden. Yeah, and I mean, you know me as a, as a Harden hater, I guess you could say. I mean, his performance in the playoffs is going to matter a lot. I mean, that's, oh, my biggest this criti- season. that's my biggest criticism of him is the fact that he chokes in the playoffs and his performances in the postseason have been really awful. I mean, the the Rockets, they won their first round matchup last year, but Harden in that game seven had, he had, he was an abysmal game. I mean, that block, he, he kind of redeemed him at the end. That was his one clutch play and all the Harden truthers tried to make that moment be bigger than it was. But I mean, he, his field goal percentage was terrible in the playoffs. Um, I, I think he averaged under, 30 points we had a bet that he was going to average under 30 and you thought it was going to be a no-brainer that that would happen and i should be i mean come on he's too bad in the playoffs and he averaged whatever like 29 or 28 oh one point away yeah well he didn't average 30 so that was an l so not yeah his performance in the playoffs is going to matter a lot and yeah all these players legacies i mean i don't know maybe people who hate durant will say he still hasn't won on his own and i kind of agree i mean playing with Kyrie and Harden isn't necessarily leading the way. I mean, even if he is the best player. So that does kind of make it a little bit interesting. But, I mean, absolutely. This team, if they win this year, they're going to be looked at as the team to beat in the NBA. And they're going to probably become – I mean, maybe they will become villains after that since they aren't really looked at it now. I mean, it's funny. I kind of I kind of would feel comfortable with LeBron winning the championship this year. Like – when it comes to these two teams, I really hate the Nets and I really hate the Lakers, but I almost would rather prefer that the Lakers win again. I don't know about you. I agree. I don't want Kyrie to win with the Nets. I don't want this <laughs> team to win. I, even though I hate LeBron, he's been the villain of the NBA the last eight years, like Tom Brady has in the NFL. But we're just going to have to root for him this year. It's the Lakers or Clippers. The Clippers, we can't count them out. They play the Lakers tough. I know they lost to the Nets last night. But uh, they have some injuries, too, I believe, on their side of the ball. So, I mean, Clippers and Nets, that's what Skip Bayless thinks the finals is going to be. That's what I predicted at the beginning of the season. It's the two uh, little brothers in their cities, the Clippers and Lakers. I root for the Clippers. Yeah, both those teams have never won. So I would, ha- I would have to side with the Clippers, obviously, since it's not the Nets. And Kawhi, you know, he's a good player. He, uh, he's proven he can lead a team to a title in Toronto. 
he has two fouls MVP, just like Durant. So, yeah. But the Clippers, and that's both of the problems. Pandemic P has has been so bad in the playoffs. And if James Harden stinks, Kyrie and Ky- and uh, Kevin Durant's going to have to pick it up for him. But if Kevin Durant averages like 35 in the finals and easily wins the finals MVP, yeah, that's going to matter to me in his legacy. That's probably going to bump him up a little bit higher. Uh, if he has three rings, but I, of course I would love to see him win with OKC. That's where I first fell in love with him as a player. He blew a 3-1 lead and then joined the Warriors. I mean, if he won with Westbrook that year, he would have never went to the Warriors and maybe he would have never went to the Nets. I mean, maybe he would have been OKC Thunder for life if he actually didn't blow a 3-1 lead that, that year. So it could have changed the whole arc of his career. Yeah, if he wins the third ring here this season with the Nets, especially going up against a player like Kawhi or obviously LeBron, yeah, I mean, it's going to mean a lot. If he beats LeBron James in the finals with this team, it's going to change. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of storylines that come out of that. It's going to be who's the best player in the NBA is going to be one. Uh, is LeBron going to make another finals? I'm sure that'll be an undisputed segment. What is LeBron <laughs> done at winning the championship? Like, I don't know. There's just going to be a lot of things that come out of that. And, I mean, look, the NBA, they're rooting for a Lakers-Nets finals for sure. I mean, I'm sure the numbers and the ratings, people love to talk about the ratings. Dolan J on Twitter always (laughs) talks about the Nets ratings. I'm sure the ratings for Lakers-Nets and Clippers-Nets were some of the best they've seen all year. So, I mean, those matchups, a lot of people want to watch and care about them. And, look, we're talking about the Nets right now. So, obviously, a lot of people want to see this team go far and – there's a lot to talk about when it comes to these uh, contending teams. So uh, it, it definitely provides a lot of storylines for us to get into. Yeah. And if LeBron, he had, I mean, this is a lot of pressure on LeBron. I know the Nets have pressure too, but if LeBron loses this finals to the Nets, I mean, he'll be four and seven. He pretty much can't catch MJ at that point, right? If he wins his fifth this year, he's five and six. And if he ima- ever gets to a sixth ring and ties Michael, people <laughs> might start putting him ahead of Michael. He'll be six and six in finals. This finals is very important for LeBron. But if, if if Kevin Durant wins, he'll have three. And that's just one less than LeBron. Obviously, he has a maze made finals. And I think most people put LeBron all time ahead of Kevin Durant. That's a no-brainer. But people are going to question it. I mean, if Kevin Durant wins these next two seasons and ties LeBron in rings, what would he be? Four and what, one in the finals? Or four and two? I guess he technically lost to Toronto. He played and uh, they lost because of injuries. But... He also lost to LeBron in the finals, but if he beats LeBron in his next two finals, I mean, Kevin Durant's going to be a top 10 player pretty easily if he wins four finals MVPs and averages like 30 points in each finals. It's going to be crazy. So uh, LeBron, he has to bring home the title for us. And also, if he wins, <laughs> Lakers a sentence have. Eight... I never expected. To I know. I can't believe it. Be I've never said that ever. And if he wins 18 titles for the Lakers, they've passed the Celtics for most all time. They're currently tied right now. Best franchise in basketball. Yeah. If LeBron wins back to back here or even three peats next year, uh, that'll be a, a whole new I, episode for I, us I, to get into. I don't, I don't know how. I, I don't know how I could speak about him three peating and having six rings. He never three peated yeah. with Miami. How would he do with the Lakers? I mean, what? How do you three peat later in your career? It's like Tom Brady getting better and better as he got older and older. <laughs> as we saw, he just didn't stop winning. With LeBron yeah. wins a title when he's like forty, he could be like Brady. It hasn't happened yet, but we shall nope. see. It's definitely on the table. All right, some more news within the nba the new york knicks they beat the minnesota timberwolves yesterday in a dramatic game i mean both of us were watching it 
And the Knicks, they're up by like, I think 17 or 15 in the fourth quarter. And the T-Wolves, they stormed all the way back and basically cut it down. I think they even took the lead in the fourth. It was like 98 to 97 and they jumped down in front. But the Knicks, they closed it out. They got a nice win there, uh, not choking for Tom Thibodeau in a, in a Tibbs revenge game against the T-Wolves and D-Rose and Taj revenge game. And then after the game, Minnesota, they just they decided to fire their head coach, Ryan Saunders, in his third season. And over the course of those three years, he went 43-94. and 94. That's an awful record. That's the third worst record in the NBA over this span. I, I think the Knicks are worse than that. I know that for sure. And I'm not sure another team is as well. Maybe Detroit or Sacramento uh, has a worse record over those three seasons. But Ryan Saunders didn't do a great job in Minnesota. He was the successor to Tom Thibodeau. Uh, he was a long-term assistant uh, in that organization too. Obviously his dad, I, I think is in the basketball hall of fame, uh, the great flip Saunders. So they get rid of Ryan and they, the bizarre thing about this story, Noah, is they fired a new head coach in the middle of the season. Number one, number two, basically within 10 minutes of firing the guy or announcing it, they brought in this new head coach, Chris Finch, who is a long-term Raptors assistant under uh, obviously Dwayne Casey, one coach of the year. And, Nick Nurse, who won the championship. So Finch, I mean, he has a lot of experience. He knows what he's doing. He's won the title with the Raptors team, but such a weird story. First of all, firing their head coach, hiring a new one mid-year, which never happens. And then the fact that it all got announced basically in like in 25 minutes is is really weird. It's like they were planning on firing him. It's like, all right, if you lose to the Dolan's Knicks, you're getting fired. <laughs> the and Knicks are happened. way better than them. No, like, I, I know. know. I, I know. It's just funny, though. They, the Knicks, I mean, the T-Wolves didn't even play bad. They came back from 16. I, I know. I that's believe, what's I, weird about it. I can't believe Cat uh, missed that uh, that hook shot on Taj. I mean, he Taj was like 6'7". Cat's 7 feet. I was like, oh, my God, we're screwed. Cat's just going to get a foul call or make a hook shot. It went in and out. Thank God we won that game. That was Anthony Edwards' first taste of Madison Square Garden. He looked like a, a decent player. I, I remember he airballed the three when he pulled up. It was a horrible airball. <laughs> uh, but uh, he had that crazy dunk uh, the other day against the Raptors. And it's crazy. Yeah, Ryan Saunders, he's 34. I didn't even know he was that young. So he's like, kind of like the Sean McVay, except Sean McVay is actually a good coach, clearly. And Ryan <laughs> yeah. Saunders is not. The Teal's roster, it's bad, man. I mean, they have Cat, Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley, I didn't even do anything against the Knicks. I, I feel like he barely shot the ball. Edwards is all right. Like Ricky Rubio was killing the Knicks in uh, the first half. And if your Timberwolves franchise is so bad, Ricky Rubio is like one of their best players of all time. And they were talking about on the broadcast that Wally is one of their best. He's like holds yeah, Timberwolves records. He was an all-star there. He's one of their best players of all time. And of course, Kevin Garnett, the big ticket. And actually Flip Saunders, his dad is not in the basketball hall of fame. He, uh, he, oh. has, he, has a career record of 654 and 594. He coached Minnesota, Detroit, and Washington. And I was looking at seven years in a row from 96, 97 to 0203. He lost in the first round every single year. At least they made the playoffs. Yeah, they lost in the conference finals in 04 with KG. He lost in the conference finals three years in a row with Detroit. Sort of those, uh, sort of the end of Detroit Pistons, uh, run there in the mid-2000s. They lost LeBron in 07 with Rip Hamilton, Tayshaun, those guys. He was the coach after Larry Brown, of course. He won 64 games in one of those years. And 
yeah, he kind of ended his career. Washington, Minnesota was terrible. And he unfortunately died at age 60, as we all know. And uh, I don't know if he'll be in the Basketball Hall of Fame, but he was a two-time – or he was an all-star game head coach twice, so he wasn't – he was a solid coach. But his son is unemployed now. The Timberwolves got to pick things up. The roster doesn't look that bad, but the bench is just awful. And D'Angelo Russell didn't play against the Knicks. So that would certainly help them. Yeah, I mean, the roster, it's not terrible. I mean, they have Towns. They have Deloading, who didn't play. Beasley's averaging basically 20 points per game in sort of a breakout year. But, I mean, yeah, they just they have the worst record in the NBA, 7-24. and 24, So they get rid of Saunders. I mean, I guess the rest of the season just doesn't mean anything to them. Finch is going to be their coach, and he's just going to get to have, I guess, some extra time to work with these players. But... It really is kind of strange that they would hire him in the middle of a year when they're by far one of the worst teams in the NBA. They're probably going to have a top three pick again. I don't really understand the rush to go after this guy. I mean, if they're going to hire him anyway, I guess it doesn't really matter. But I think they kind of take away some of their leeway and some of their freedom in the middle of the offseason next year. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with their roster? They're probably going to have to rebuild it somehow. I mean, they have Edwards, they have Towns under contract at this point, but I don't know. I mean, they they have one of the better centers, one of the more talented players in the NBA on their team. They have D'Angelo Russell under contract. They have a former number one pick in Edwards, who we don't know what he's going to be. He could easily get better. So, I mean, that's your core right there. I don't know how they're just so bad. That's a better core than the Knicks. The Knicks have Julius Randle... RJ, Alfred Payne, quickly like, I mean they have they have uh, they have Cat who averages twenty five and twelve. Malik Beasley is another twenty point score. Knicks have one twenty point score, and that's Randall, who's an all who's going to be an all star this year hopefully. And they have D'Angelo Russell, a former all star, who's another twenty points per game score. So I don't know why this team's uh, worse than OKC and uh, like the Pistons, but the Warriors have their pick because of that Wiggins trade, but it is top three protected. No. As, as we've seen, the worst team does not get the first pick in recent history. They could get the fourth pick, and that goes to the Warriors, which would be just insane <laughs> if the Warriors get, get Clay back finally. They have Wiggins, Oubre, and Wiseman. They just get another free uh, great prospect to add. Their- yeah, that would be the Warriors' luck to get that that fourth yeah. pick. And that the would- Warriors, they've been one of the luckiest franchises of the last decade despite yeah, uh, KD sure. going down with the Achilles in the finals in Clady's last two years. And I'm going to, I'm sorry I have to say it, but the T-Wolves, uh, they should have drafted LaMelo ball first. I'm going to give my LaMelo fix here. This kid <laughs> would have, <laughs> would have made them amazing. He would, well, not amazing. Okay. He would have definitely made them better. Edwards shoots like 20% from the floor. He chucks a lot of bad shots. LaMelo and Cat and D-Loading, I mean, I remember you were talking about how LaMelo and D-Loading could play together because D-Loading could play shooting guard. That yeah, could have they been can. a, they could that could have been a good team. Lamelo plays with Rozier and uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the other guard there? Devontae Graham. Yeah, Devontae Graham's not good, but Lamelo can clearly play point guard and have another guard play shooting guard off the ball. T Wolves might have messed up, and Wiseman has not been that impressive this season. A center was drafted before Lamelo. You know what happened with MJ? A center was drafted before MJ. <laughs> oh God. Not this LaMelo, to Cat, 
Lamelo and Cat would have been a uh, a fun, more fun team to watch than Malik Beasley on the wing. Yeah, I guess if you're the T Wolves, you kind of do have to blame the coaching because the roster we agree is good, and you can see with the Knicks. I mean, it kind of is sad uh, that they, the T Wolves they fired Thibodeau, and Thibodeau goes to the Knicks with a, a much worse team and gets them to buy in and gets them to be successful. I mean, they're one game under 500. But the day this comes out, they're going up against the Warriors, who have been mentioned a lot uh, at the beginning of this show. And they could easily, I mean, it's at home. I think it's the first game at MSG with fans. So they could easily win that game and be 500. Who knows the last time that they were they were at 500, maybe this season. But I think it's the first time in like two or three years they would be a 500 team. And so, I mean, it is pretty crazy the fact that Thibodeau gets fired from this team. They bring in Saunders, who's just a legacy coach. And he's awful with with pretty much the same roster. And we both agree it's really talented and should be better. So I don't know how Finch, he definitely can't fix it this year. They're pretty much too bad at this point, unless they rattle off a big win streak. Uh, But going forward, who knows what's going to come with this team? I I don't really see how they go forward with the same players if they can't be successful now. I just, I don't, I don't get it. They're, they're just going to have to, I don't know if Finch is good enough of a coach to, transform the exact same team i mean he's never been a head coach before yeah of course and this team doesn't play great defense and you definitely get that cat needs to be a willingly leader on the defensive side of the ball yeah nas reed their backup center he averages 12 and 5 and he shoots 38 percent from three he's a good all-around player he's, he's definitely better than taj and nerlands and some of these knicks players they have a decent roster they just don't know how to play, win and play together. They're, I mean, they're pretty young. Cat's obviously young, but he's been in this league for a little bit. Edwards is his first year. They probably need some veteran players that could defend. That's probably what they need. And Thibodeau did have a better roster when he was on this team. He did have Jimmy Butler to his disposal and uh, Jeff Teague and some uh, some better players than this team, of course. But nevertheless, Minnesota really should not be the worst team in the league either. They have a better team than Detroit. OKC, maybe Washington. I mean, Washington really only has two guys from what we've seen, and everyone else is pretty much crap. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it is the Western Conference. Minnesota, they should not be that bad. It's it's unfortunate if you're a T-Bulls fan. They've been a dumpster franchise, always in the conversation for the number one pick. And Wiggins did not pan out. They traded him away. We'll see if Edwards is a is a waste of a first round for first overall pick. Maybe his ceiling is only 19 points a game, just like Wiggins. Maybe he doesn't become that guy. And Cat's been great in 2015 in that draft class of the first pick. I mean, he's better than Porzingis now. But there was conversations where he was worse than Booker and Porzingis. And was Jokic in 2015? Or 2014. Yeah, second round, 2015. Yeah, uh, so he's worse. I think he was drafted in 2014, but he didn't come to the NBA for a year. So I don't know. That's kind of weird. I mean, Cat's worse than Booker, and uh, well, he was worse than Porzingis. Not really anymore. Yeah, the lottery is stupid. They keep giving the T-Wolves and the Cavs the first pick, and they just keep wasting it on terrible players. In the last decade, yeah. it was all about the Cavs. They took Kyrie, uh, who... Definitely worked out. Yeah, and then, they, uh, and then they took Wiggins, who they traded, and Anthony Bennett, who was crap. And now the T-Wolves ended up with that Wiggins pick. They drafted Cat, who's good and be, kind of being wasted, and they took Edwards now. So we'll see uh, what ends up happening in his career. But it, it doesn't look like he's going to be a transcendent player right away. But I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to overreact to a rookie season, but 
It does seem like um, Lamelo is at least better than him this year. Yeah, and the T Wolves took Culver sixth last year. Oh yeah, y- see, yeah what y- happened to him? Yikes! He I, he did, he, I think I guess he's injured. I, he did not play in this game. Yeah, so that was not really. No, he good. is looking, injured. He is injured. Yeah, I'm looking at their draft history. Oh no, they took Cameron Johnson eleventh, and he's better than Culver actually. And they trade him for Culver. They they took Laurie Markin in seventh. But uh, that they traded for that for Jimmy Butler, so they pretty much lost to all everything. Yeah, they in that traded, trade. They traded that and Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler, and that was yeah, that was job. bad. Ooh, they could have Zach Levine and Cat with Beasley, maybe Edwards. That could have been a nice team. They drafted Chris Dunn fifth in 2016. Oh god, uh, I, I know, I know. Bender went fourth, and Jamal Murray went seventh. So they could have had Jamal Murray on their team. They took Cat in 2015. Obviously, Zach Levine. 2014 so they they took trey burke ninth in 2013 and trey burke was taken right before cj mccollum so they have been missing a lot uh by a play by a pick or two in the nba draft yeah and a lot of trades i mean they traded for wiggins they traded away trey burke to the jazz they traded away marking in so they just yeah they gave away love they're indecisive yeah. when it comes to their draft picks and then they've done a poor job i mean yeah you can't take chris dunn fifth overall basically everybody who was taken afterwards became better i mean buddy healed became better murray became better marquis chris i guess is kind of the same but you could even argue that he's better potal's better thon maker's kind of crap uh sabonis is an all-star prince is a decent role player so yeah i mean i just rattled off a bunch of people beasley was taken 19th in that draft so they ended up with him lavert later on so luau cabarro went 24th uh, and Spicy P went 27. So there was some gems there at the bottom of the draft. But yeah, Chris Dunn, he was the, um, the first real point guard off the board. And he was he was awful pretty much right away. Yeah, he and he went to Providence. So you hear that, Thomas? David Duke is the next Chris Dunn. How about that? <laughs> he might be. Yeah, Thomas, you better hear that. And also, we can't forget about the infamous taking two point guards ahead of Steph Curry, who was the best college right. player that year besides Blake Griffin. Rubio and Flynn in 09. They took the famous Derek Williams, who once played for the Knicks second overall the year after. They just, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, they wow. messed up on all these picks. They Their actually draft took, history might be the worst of the decade, actually, if we yeah, think about it. Yeah, they took Brandon Roy six and 06, but it was sent to Portland. So I know Brandon Roy was pretty good for a couple of years and his career didn't pan out because of injuries. I mean, I guess they lucked out because they, they would have had OJ Mayo, but that pick went to Memphis for the Grizzlies. And, um, 2008 so uh that was not good that was uh, russell westbrook was on was fourth he was on the clock or uh, kevin but they did get love their fifth so that was a win by them they swapped mayo and love that may okay. be the best move in Timberwolves history because Te- kevin loves kind of was their forever player for a while he did not become the same player obviously playing the third wheel to lebron and Kyrie. but yeah they've uh they've really they really messed up a lot. They took a lot of people over Steph Curry. They even took Ty Lawson 18th in 09. They took three point guards and none of them were Steph Curry. Oh my God. And they took Wesley Johnson fourth in 2010, right before DeMarcus Cousins, who went fifth to the Kings. It's It's been rough. And Paul George went 10th. Hayward went ninth. It's been really sad since Kevin Garnett left the Timberwolves pretty much. Yeah, I guess they just they got completely cursed after that. I mean, they just they clearly they can't draft. I mean, in two thousand seven, they took Corey Brewer seventh overall. 
And that oh draft, God. I mean, that, he scored 50 I, in a game, though. He scored was 52, Kevin, I remember. That was the Kevin Durant draft, and Odin went first. He's a bust. Honestly, after that top five, I mean, it was Odin number one, Durant two, Horford three, Conley four, Jeff Green went fifth, uh, Yi Jian Lin, uh, 2K Beast. Oh, the God. Uh, he went sixth, and then Brewer went seventh. But after that, I mean, it really was a lot of bad players. Joakim went ninth. Uh, he had good years, but the end of his career was awful. Uh, Thad Young went uh, 12th. But, I mean, Nick Young went 16th. So, I mean, there's really after that top five where Durant's a god and, and Conley and Horford have had a good run, it's been all role players. There's, there's like nobody in this draft that's remotely good. So, I guess they really didn't miss that badly with Brewer. I guess they could have taken Joakim or something, but... I mean, this this 2007 yeah. draft is one of the worst. I they think. uh, yeah, definitely. And they took KG fifth in '95. Good for them. They actually got a player right. Ray Allen the year yeah, after that's... it was, it was their pick. But uh, Milwaukee got Ray Allen. So, I, I, I that was an interesting trade. They took Leitner third overall in 1992. The Dream Team God. They saw him play <laughs> for the Dream Team, and they decided to take him. Third overall, uh, that did not work out. There wasn't really no. anyone that much better after. I mean, Jim Jackson works with Fox Sports now. Lafonso Ellis, uh, ESPN college analyst. And uh, Robert Ori went 11th in that 92. Uh, well, Shaq was number one. They couldn't take him. Shaq and Alonzo were the top two picks, and they were Hall of Famers. The Teals, just they couldn't get either of them, unfortunately, being the third pick. Rip. Yeah, so they've and they took Wally sixth, our our boy MSG Network in 1999. That worked out. You know what? He was a solid player. We're not gonna, we can't really roast them for taking Wally. Although Rip Hamilton did go seventh, and Marion went ninth, Terry went tenth, and they all played pretty big roles on playoff teams and championship teams. But yeah, they Sea Wolves. They're just unlucky. I, that just shows that you don't have to tank to have a good team. Because people draft Corey Brewer in the lottery, OJ Mayo. <laughs> yeah, exactly the seventh pick. That's the seventh pick, folks. Like I don't know why Come you on, want that. Thomas, so bad. you better be listening. Bradley Beal yeah. or Corey Brewer, pick one. <laughs> All right. Well, the T Wolves—they have a crap history. They dunk on their head coach Ryan Saunders, and they ring in Finch. So it's a new era there. We'll see if he can turn things around next year. Because this year, I mean, you could just throw it into the garbage. They—they've had a lot of injuries at the worst record in the NBA. So. They will have another lottery pick if even that. I mean, the Warriors, maybe they'll uh, secure the fifth pick or something. This is a TCR special report. Now reporting. Randy Arozina. This guy is a fraud. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Like, what's the point of snow? Cleveland, this is for you. Woman empowerment. Shout out to them. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Noah Levine. I love this kid. What? All right, and it is time for NCR. Thomas is not here. It's a Noah Culture Report. But first, we're gonna give our some. We're gonna give out some birthday shout outs as we, lo- we as we do like to start off on this NCR. <laughs> it is D Loading's birthday, February today, February twenty third. Jamal Murray, who the T-Wolves and the Knicks. Well, the Knicks didn't really pass them. That was part of the Mellow trade, nevertheless. No, it was, it was part of the um, the Bargnani trade. It was. Okay. Um, Wiggins' birthday, another Tim, former Timberwolf, who uh, had birthday to him. 
Uh, Peanut Tillman. I'm going to be honest. I don't know who this guy is. Oh, Charles Tillman. Okay, that's that's okay. I did not realize that. Charles Tillman, the cornerback for the Bears all those years. I did not realize his nickname was Peanut. Did you even know that? No, but you know, it's Thomas. This is his layout. So we gotta just accept there's gonna be some. How does he even some how does he even things. find out that this this guy's birthday? How do you even find that out? Did you look up sports know. birthdays or something? Probably. I guess you could look up famous birthdays on this day and these people come up. All right, well, let's let's look at Peanut Tillman for a second. Let's look at his career. He was a two-time Pro Bowler, played for the Bears 11 years in the Panthers, first-team All-Pro in 2012, a Walter Payne Man of the Year, and he had 38 picks and nine pick sixes. I mean, I remember him being in Madden. He was a pretty good cornerback for the Bears. Uh, oh, he won a Super Bowl. Or no, he did not win a Super Bowl with the Bears. Excuse me. They lost to the Colts that year. But, I mean, he played in the NFC Championship game against Aaron Rodgers. He was on those mid-2000s Bears D that was pretty prominent for, the, for those years. And, yeah, his nickname's Peanuts. Nevertheless, happy birthday, Peanut Tillman. He is 40 years old today. And Bobby Bonilla, the Mets, uh, the Bobby Bonilla day. I forgot what day that is, but it's his birthday today. He's getting paid one or two mil from the Mets until, like, I don't even know, almost 2030. That's how the Mets structured his contract. They pay him like one million. Yeah, it's in July. One million on Bobby Bonilla Day for like twenty years. That's just what they decide to do. A long stretch out of a contract, as we see at the Knicks deal with Joe Kim. They still owe him six million this year. I looked it up the other day. Yeah, I can't believe they haven't called him. I mean, they need a center. It's Tib season. I mean, why not? <laughs> I mean, like, they need Joe Kim, and he's under contract anyway. So you're paying him to sit around. You might as well pay him to be on the court. I mean, they they like their their nose is dead. Robinson, he's out. They're gonna need some more center help. So I mean, why not call on Joe Kim? Yeah, we might as well bring out Luel Dang out of retirement. I think he's retired, right? They should they should bring him back and play for the Knicks. All right, this is actually kind of interesting. Roman Polanski on this day in 2003 Wednesday BAFTA for best film, The Pianist. And I, I believe we both saw The Pianist and that was a great movie. Uh, yeah, we, we had to watch it history. in high school for, for history. And I will say that is a good movie. Uh, definitely worth the watch. Yeah, what is it? It's a, it's a Holocaust movie, right? Yeah, about a guy who plays the piano uh, during the Holocaust. Yeah, I World War II movies. I I think they're they're boring, and I don't really like. Any. You didn't like it? I no, I thought the the piano was about, okay, um, but the other the World War II movies, like all these war movies, uh, they're overrated to me. Like people love, um, what's that? That um, oh, why am I forgetting it completely? It's Dunkirk? a movie everybody. Lo- no, it's a movie everybody. Schindler's loves. List. No, no, it's I a like war Schindler's movie List about like people about like soldiers. I don't know famous actors in this movie like Tom Hanks, super famous. Oh, oh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, everybody loves that movie. I thought it was boring. I, I thought it was too yeah. I long. thought it was I thought it was kind of boring too. Those movies, but but it was so cool with the visuals and stuff. That's why it's so. Uh, that's why so many people love it, like because of the visual. It's so realistic looking at what they did and how they filmed those scenes on the beach. You know. Schindler's List was a black and white uh, Holocaust movie. I like that more than The Pianist. I think it, that was Liam Neeson in the '90s. Spielberg directed that. I think, well, I that think that's more famous. That's more. That's famous, definitely I more think. famous. Uh, I like that more. That was a, that was a sad, really sad movie. I mean, all these movies are sad. World War II is not something that people get excited <laughs> about because <laughs> yeah. so many people died and so many people fought. 
thanks thanks to all that served of course i wasn't there a uh, world war ii guy who's like 110 now a world war the last veteran alive a world war ii guy yes there I, was i don't know why i said uh, guy I meant, I meant veteran excuse me i gotta respect them yeah he's i think he's the oldest world war ii veteran that's why it's uh it's significant i don't know who i don't know how many world war ii veterans are still alive there probably is still like a thousand or something yeah that's pretty crazy i don't I don't think anyone in my family fought in World War II. Um, do you know anyone that has in your family or any family friends okay, or something? Okay, there's way more than a thousand, bro. There's like three hundred thousand <laughs> that are still. Alive. Yeah, because because you really yeah like millions of people fought in this war. Yeah, sixteen million total, but only three hundred k of sixteen million. I mean, that's that's still a small amount. And they were all like eighteen. Most of them were pretty young too. Like. They've seen yeah. the, they've seen everything in life since then. If they were 18 at that time, do you know anyone that's fought in World War II? I I don't. I don't think no, anyone in my family has. Yet. I don't know anyone. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. All right. Moving on from World War II, there's some Mets and Yankees. Quick Mets and Yankees news. Yankees brought back Brett Gardner. I know you're Yay. not. Oh, you you do you do like that signing? Four million. Yeah, because think... it's just gonna be he's gonna retire after this year probably and. I mean, he look, he's the crane pool of the Yankees. He's the forever player. You <laughs> know, the Yankees, I mean, they have a Rolodex of them, some of the greatest players in the history of baseball, but blah, blah, blah. we just have Gardner. He won the World Series in 2009. He's the only one left on this team from that. So, yeah, just bring him in. I mean, look, he, uh, as long as he doesn't start, if Clint Frazier starts oh, he's in the field. Oh, he's going to start in the playoffs. Maybe not the regular season. You know, you know Gar- the Guardian party is coming to the Bronx I mean, yeah. Look, I'm hitting excited. like he's gonna. He's gonna. He's play so like bad though. Games. He's, he's so bad games. though. Look, he's still a good defender. He's there for speed. He can run the bases and play boomer baseball with him. And <laughs> he's he's had his moments as a Yankee. Look, I'm I'm excited to bring him back. Uh, he's not gonna be in a full time role, but it's fine. I mean, him him being on the roster is good. This team needs veterans. It's nice having Brett Gardner, but then when Aaron Boone. Bats him like second in in the ALCS. You're gonna hate not yourself. It's not it might happen. happen. Yeah, I'm, no. I bet it's gonna happen. He'll bat like eighth if they're get and they they're get injured every year. So he'll play. He'll be valuable. That's true. Stands basically useless at this point. Gardner might have to take <laughs> over. <laughs> basically useless. He was their best player in the playoffs. <laughs> I know this is the first year he actually kind of did something in the playoffs. But nevertheless, are you still out on Boone? Well, what happens if he doesn't win this year? Come on, the AL is terrible now. <laughs> well, look, petition I'm, to bring back I, Joe. I lead the parade in Aaron Boone <laughs> hate and saying that he can never win. And I've been impressed with what he's you. been able to do the past two years just because they've been one of the most injured teams in the history of baseball. I mean, two years ago, they like broke the record for most IL people. And... Boone still won 100 games in that season. And so I have to give him credit for what the Yankees have been able to do under him. It's just that they haven't won. And I'm a young Yankees fan, but everybody who has gotten to see a million titles is getting sick of this team not actually being able to win or even reach the World Series. And so they're going to have to do it. If they don't make it with Boone as their manager, he is a failure just because that's the standard that's been said and this team is talented, but I'm not nearly as big of a hater as I was. I mean, I was a big Joe fan and I had to, Aaron Boone had to prove himself to me and he did, I think, but they got to win a world series to really make it worth it. 
Yeah, but you can't always put it on the manager. I mean, they've they've had a lot of injuries. As much as we like to hate on Boone, and he's like whatever. He's kind of an interesting person in the clubhouse. They've just had a lot of injuries. A lot of stuff just not go their way, or they didn't play well enough. I mean, we saw them just couldn't hit the ball in a crucial game. If you can't hit the ball in a winner-go-home game, you're not going to win the game. It's clear as that. And they, they obviously lost to the Astros uh, two of those years. The Astros were probably the better team, if we had to say. I know they cheated one of those years, but they <laughs> still had the better team, probably. It's fair to say. So this is the year that Yankees, I mean, they really could go all the way. I mean, they are the, clearly the best team in the AL East. And well, it, it would be a, it's going to be an interesting year for Yankee fans. And, and yeah, so... For Mets news, we signed Taiwan Walker. I like the signing. Two years, 10, mil- 10 million per year, so twenty million. He had a two seventy RA, and I know you said the Yankees always smash him. Well, guess what? He does not play in the American League. He gets to face the pitcher at the bottom of the lineup and get a you free strikeout. Yeah, he gets to face the National League and gets to face the Marlins hitters and not the Yankees a lot. <laughs> And I like the signing because he's a solid fifth starter to replace Syndergaard for now. And he's going to, he's definitely a decent pitcher. And we needed some depth, and he's pretty cheap and he has some upside. So I like the signing. Yeah. Well, he is all right. He's okay. I mean, 10 million a year is probably too much, but whatever. It's a two year deal. It doesn't actually mean anything. So doesn't mean anything. Just get him in Steve. and out. He probably won't uh, be in the rotation that often once the Mets rotation gets fully healthy. But. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's just a good value pitcher. I don't think he's very good. I watched him on the Blue Jays last year get cooked uh, by the Yankees a lot. But who knows? Maybe in the National League, you're right. Maybe he'll be successful, but I don't know. I don't. It's not that important. He's not going to be that important to this team if they actually are successful this year. Yeah, and the final thing on NCR, the NHL played in Lake Tahoe uh over the weekend, if you know where I didn't even know where Lake Tahoe is, I had to look this up, and and it's in Nevada. It's a lake in Nevada. You don't really associate lakes in Nevada or like cold places, <laughs> but this place is cold. They played on the lake, the frozen, and they actually had to push back the Golden Knights and Avalanche game the midnight from nine p.m. because some of the ice is melting apparently, and they Wait, eventually they outside. Yeah, they play outside on the lake. Has they have they ever done that before? I, I I mean they do it well they do it for the uh winter classic. Well no, they don't do it for the well the winter classic is they kind of bring their own ice and put it in a baseball stadium like the Rangers yeah, have I've played seen that at City Field. Yeah. I didn't know they I didn't know they played on natural ice before. I think they played on natural ice. I'm gonna find that out. Or maybe they brought their own rink, but I but the ice was but why would they tell us that the ice was melting and they had to push back again? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they must have played in, I would think Lake Tahoe's near Michigan or somewhere cold. So the NHL couldn't do the Winter Classic this year, of course. That's always on New Year's Day. And the season didn't start until like the 14th and also because of COVID. Played by five games, the Golden Knights. So they played the Avalanche. And, okay, uh, no, we're really stupid. Other, I'm looking at pictures. I'm looking at pictures of it. And it's just, they, they just brought like, they a did? hockey rink so yeah because the lake doesn't freeze over it's in nevada it's it's gigantic like there's no yeah, that's why i was that, confused there's no way yeah, that so, body of water would freeze over so they, they and probably they can't, like, not paint, what are they gonna paint the lines on it like no so they brought their own stuff and they just played like off the shore which is kind of weird but whatever i don't know it doesn't really matter 
yeah, still cool. I, I'm a big fan of the Winter Classic on New Year's Day. And yeah, so Lake I didn't even get a chance. To, I didn't watch any of Lake Tahoe games. I was busy. But if you're a big hockey fan, I know, I know you're not, and I'm not the biggest fan either currently, but a fun experience. Maybe the NBA in the summer should have some outdoor games. Why don't the NBA, maybe even in the season. in the summer. They don't play. Or not, or, or not the summer. So let's say the Heat play outdoors in Miami, like in December yeah. against some team. That'd be cool. Why doesn't the NBA do a, an event like that? Have Christmas Day outside in Miami. <laughs> That, that could be a fun event or New Year's Day. The NHL does their stuff on New Year's Day usually. Of That has been NCR today. That has been episode 70. Thank you for listening. Please leave a ring review for listening on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at the Bonafide Scrubs. Get content each and every day from the show. And Thomas, get better. Hopefully we see you on Friday, buddy. Peace. Yeah, we need that update. We need you to be back producing. And, I mean, you're a big part of the show, so get back here and get healthy soon. All right, see ya.